It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Here's Jeremy Paul Show. <laughs> that's what happens when you're filling, you don't know what's going on, but that's cool. So, uh, Stephen and Pasebi. Hey, Jeremy, Stephen here. Kia ora, bro. How uh, are you, my man? Filling in, eh? Uh, yeah, I know. You've got to find some polyfiller somewhere. So they've, you know, they found someone white and stale, and that's why I'm here, right? <laughs> are we still talking about staff or what? No, no. No, you, yeah. <laughs> no not at all, mate. I'd, I'd never get back in the seat, pal. Hey, um, <laughs> Eddie's back. Eddie's back and says, if they ask me, yeah. What, is, what does the rugby union say? Oh, look, it's. Everything is accommodated to an absolute mess, right? Absolute mess. Um, the results um, really intensified Eddie's appointment, like in how he was appointed. Um, you know, every, particularly when you got the chairman who came in and made the decision in terms of Dave Rennie and Dave's listening out there, mate. Again, mate, sorry. <laughs> um, what happened to you? But... I think I think when you when when that happened and then his selections, um, there was huge there was huge controversy over the selections, right? And he didn't have a plan B, and yeah. and then it, when he lost, but everything had to go right for Eddie, like everything in the Wallabies, like when Will Skilton and Talalia Tupu got injured, then I mean I I believe if those two players played against Fiji, we would be having an all southern hemisphere semi-finals this weekend wow. i think i think australia i think australia could have beaten uh england i really do or they could have even yeah i, I england haven't shown much man. I, I i do want to put you under a little bit of pain really about this and 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 for all the right reasons have australian rugby continued to get it wrong with their coaches and is the game now, and this is not, and this has been building, this is not just an Eddie thing. You know, going out and buying and spending ridiculous money on players like Suwali, that $6 million deal. Is the development of Australian rugby wrong? Absolutely. Look, if you look at the last 20 years, administration wise, we've made incredibly poor decisions. It's like we've had the CEO of Blockbuster when Netflix came to him and said, hey, look, you can buy us for $90 million. And the CEO went, no, no, no. People love coming to the video stores. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> now we don't see Blockbuster, right? <laughs> so when, when we look at when we look at decision-making and from an administration point, um, see, here in Australia, we don't have any rugby in state school systems. It's all private schools. Now we're seeing within our private schools. So we thought that was all tied up in terms of our talent pool. Now we're seeing within our state schools, we have the AFL in there, we have soccer, they have cricket, rowing. Mm. Um, and now I believe rugby league is coming into the system. Best way to explain it, Steve, is where the, uh, the Wallabies are the New Zealand Warriors in terms of talent pool. Everyone wants to play for the All Blacks, can't make it there, or family grew up on rugby league, so they play rugby league. Yeah. Right. So, and it's very generational where we see players that came together at the same time. Now, that's from a talent pool point of view. But then we also have, and when I was playing, mate, kept calling for um, a consistency across our coaching with respects from trickling from the top to the bottom, the all-black system, right? Like So across our five super rugby sides, we all 
coach the same skill like scrummaging, lineouts, hookers, like hookers. Why are why are hookers thrown differently in the country? Why aren't everyone being taught exactly mm-hmm. the same with yeah. maybe little nuances with respects to their body shape or their autonomy? And and that's the key highlight there. And and then we have um, too many probably super rugby sides, right? Like our talent is stretched, and we see this across all sports. Um, you know, rugby league are trying to expand across the country, um, AFL. But you, 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 what they do is they they boost those sides up in terms of talent. Now, we don't have a draft system. Do you know, statistically, 87% of all players that play in Super Rugby in Australia come from Sydney and Brisbane, New South Wales and Queensland. Wow. Why we don't have a draft system which allows players to be able – so we boost up the right players because you might have a player – that is behind like a George Gregan or because I can't even use the current names really. <laughs> but if you had like that sort of situation, why wouldn't we move, like say a young Brumbies player coming through, we'd move them over to the Western Force or something like that yeah. so we can see the best talent. But but the one thing that you have just said and, and, and is that AFL, NFL and football, sorry, AFL, NRL and football are investing it at the, at the base level, at the starting point. At the grassroots, yes, correct. They, and, they, and that's yes. where rugby, yep. even in this country, is starting to, to fall over because they're ignoring the grassroots. And that is the biggest mistake any any sporting organisation can make. And that's where – but we also had – so we had this – we tried to bring in our NPC or ITM Cup, which was the NRC, our National right. Rugby Comp. And Rugby Australia and the clubs – Oh, there was a massive debacle over. I can't go into it because it'll take me <laughs> 73 minutes to go just to get past the first bit. But that just destroyed the relationship between rugby and Australia. Like, I remember Bill Pulvner when he was the CEO because I was on TV and I might have given a tour of high school and him a cockroach because I said, that guy could that guy could survive a nuclear bomb, that guy. How he's still a CEO. Yeah. Anyway. We actually ended up running into each other a couple of, like a week after, and we almost clashed quite. And he said, well, what would you do, Jeremy? And I said, well, firstly, I don't get paid a million bucks like you do, but here's a bit of advice for free. Get all our stakeholders into one room and get them all on the one page. And then that way, by being all on the one page, we can actually move forward And because we're not. We're not. We're so disjointed across all the different fractions within our within our sport. Do you think? Do you think? And I've always held this firm belief, and you've you've pretty much sort of said part of it. Do you believe Rugby Australia still thinks it's an old boys sport, a private school sport? At no, the, at I, the no, ho- no, no, no. Look, no, no. I don't. I don't believe. Like, it's definitely not because it, because the the problem with us is we made poor decisions, and where where it's all led to, mate, is we're broke. We're broke as hell. How can like you, you spend? Can, you how, but how can you spend six million a guy like Suwali then? Oh no, we've we've still got good benefit like <laughs> benefic- benefactors who will, who, will put, who love well, mate, who love rugby who will, who don't actually want to be named and will put money in. Yeah, okay. Um, but but you've got to look like he is a great buy because you've got to have instant success to be able to generate participation numbers. And then whilst behind that, off that success, you then need to put money into the infrastructure. But for me, mate, it's all about coaching the coaches. Like the thing about rugby and the complexity of the skill level and and the different components like set piece, uh, the breakdown, attack and defense, you, you will always need a minimum of two coaches. Like you can't just have like a backs coach. Could you imagine a backs coach trying to teach a front row forward of the dark arts? No chance. Yeah. Or vice versa. Like, like you know, so we we need to look after the coaches, mate, and we don't have anything 
with respects to coaching. Okay, I've got one question because I know Sammy wants to jump in, but I've got one yep. simple question. If you are Rugby Australia right now, do you pay out Eddie Jones and say thanks for coming? And who do you put in? No, God, no, no, no. Eddie Jones. Oh, look, I'm a big Eddie fan, so you're probably asking the wrong bloke. Okay. But I love it. I love Eddie Jones, and there's no guy that works harder in world rugby than Eddie Jones. I can I can guarantee you that. He made a mistake. Um, his, his selections. He didn't have a plan B. He was hoping that everything would go right in terms of no injuries. But okay. no, no, he's definitely the guy. Fair play, Sammy. JP, um, oh, I, mate, I, I don't. I, I, it's funny we talk about this with you every week. Uh, well, you and Steph do, and and you know we we know how passionate you are about it and how much not only you but I know a lot of your t- your former teammates and that are hurting over like I guess what you've seen Australian rugby turn into. Like this sort of thing happens in sport across the world, right? Like organisations get things wrong, they find themselves down the bottom in the dumps, and then there are these great success stories, you know, where they turn around and all of a sudden they. Went, I mean, even Ireland to an extent, right, have become this rugby powerhouse oh, yes. from being yes. second fiddle for years and years and years. So my yep. question to you, mate, is do you think that's what's going to happen? Do you think eventually it'll click, everything will turn around and things are going to get better? Or is there actually a sense of pessimism that like, maybe this isn't going to get fixed? Maybe this is just the future of rugby in Australia and it might slow die a very slow death? Look, I, I'm, I'm a big supporter of Phil Wall, who's the new CEO. Um, he is a very, very good businessman. He actually used to run one of the major banks over here in terms of the third party with brokers and turned it into a multi-billion dollar business. So we've got the right guy in terms of the CEO. Now, in terms of the chairman, whether or not Hamish will still be there. Um, and, and, mate, for me, it's all about low-hanging fruit. Like the people who we have currently right now who love rugby, we need to invest into them. And that's the coaches. Like, because, mate, put it this way, a five-year-old who plays rugby and finishes at 18 could, within 13 years, had 13 different coaches, teach them 13 different ways. (laughs) We need consistency with our coaches. And we can, that's low-hanging fruit, man. Get straight into the coaches so we, we can start producing players and skill level that can then match because it doesn't matter what players we get, man, at 18, 19, 20 years of age. If they don't have the skill level growing up and that ad lib style, like that beautiful New Zealand rugby, right, where you see kids that, yes, there's a bit of structure, but as they grow older and they learn the skill and their skill acquisition or execution develops into the gameplay, and that's what we need now. Mm right now as of yesterday and then when they talk about centralization and and lowering the super who cares about what happening at the top at the moment man it doesn't matter it's what's feeding into the top is the issue and so by getting because we don't have a lot of rugby sides anyway mate we have sydney brisbane who are our main source of talent pool and then we are starting to develop players in western australia and obviously the brumbies have been um con- consistently the best super rugby side over the entire time and developing players and and melbourne hopefully oh my god look the melbourne the melbourne storm have only i think developed two players in 20 years so i don't know if we're <laughs> going to get too much from that half of them are kiwis as well jp but <laughs> mate, no, mate, we, mate we want nothing like i want nothing more than to see australia in like 10 years time just be a powerhouse like winning rugby world cups taking the bleeders low off us so let's make a deal because you know what you talk about um with with wallabies is sort of what we've had with the warriors over the last few years in terms yes. of you know rugby being the dominant one and, and rugby league playing simple. so let's make a deal 
deal, mate. Why don't uh, we trade the All Black success? Because we've had that for a couple of years now. We'll give that to you guys, and you give us the rugby league success, and we'll have the Warriors win a couple of titles. Bro, you know what, man? No one would have beaten the New Zealand Warriors if they had all like the, the Lomus of the world, the, the Christian Cullens of the world. Can you imagine Artie Sevilla, these sort of players, playing, or oh, Rico Ioani, playing in rugby league for the Warriors now? Oh, there's God, no, there's yes. no team, mate. There's no team in the NRL that would be able to compete with them, bro. Yeah, like that, That's a simple fact. And it's vice versa over here too. If we had a lot of those players playing in rugby union it's 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 we've got countries with low populations but massive demand on 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 success and the diversity of sports within our countries mate we can't we can't sustain it <laughs> particularly here in australia right like with footy um we, you know you've got you've got uh, nrl afl soccer rowing swimming athletics everything you name it we've got it mate so uh, the <laughs> it's not just a simple fix. It really isn't. Oh, but we also need money. You've we endured, also yeah, desperately yeah. need money. You've just endured too much pain already. Let's let's try and do well, bri- brighten the afternoon well, a little bit, shall we? Oh, thank you, bro. Well, look, i tell you what's really bright for me was my call on Sam Kane last week when I said, you watch Sam Kane absolutely destroy. Like, everyone's oh, yeah. screaming for his head saying he's not – he shouldn't be captain. And I, and I said last week, you watch him stand up as captain and that's why he gets picked. And I can tell you, you know what the biggest thing for me last week with the All Blacks was? Was Rico Ioane. I've been talking about this kid for four years now. <laughs> and when he goes missing in a game, it's because he doesn't get involved. Did you notice in the first 20 to 30 minutes, he was coming off the outside centre and actually just trucking it up in the middle. He has to get involved in the game. It was brilliant. I I thought uh, as far as all black performances go, that was a sublime performance. They made the number one team in the world look pretty average. They weren't weren't average. I understand that. But I just thought the, the naysayers of this part of the world were shut up very quickly about what the all blacks delivered. Oh, mate, my good old mate Stuart Barnes, who was commenting <laughs> just before the, the – he was going, oh, listen, the Northern Hemisphere domination is here. Where is it, mate? We're still waiting. Where is it? Can't see it. <laughs> like, yeah. Hello. Three summit. Hello. Hi. No, but look, I, I, th- I think when you – when you like I've always said, um, I, I said from the start, and it was always France's to lose because it was their home ground and, mate – I said, staff said to me many, many months ago, he said, what would be one of the rule changes that you would have make right now? And I said, well, the first thing is all the referees refereeing the same from other countries. They all have their own little nuances. Mm. But the number one rule, I reckon, is hands on the ground. Like, just let it go. Just get rid of that, mate. No hands on the ground. Like, you can put hands on the ground, whatever. Whatever it is, and if you can get a clear, if there's a clear release... Because every single player that goes to pilfer the ball at one stage would have put their hand on the ground. Like it's, it, and I believe that penalty where like he ended up kicking and going in front, I thought there was a couple of dubious decisions, but it happens everywhere across every single game. There's got to, be, the there's got to be a human error factor in live sport. Oh, absolutely. Look, but we don't allow that, though, man. Like, we've got the TMO. Like, oh, oh my God. God. Imagine if they would have TMO'd back in my day, man. Like, every second tackle was a punch in the head or a kick in the back of the head. Yeah, don't, like, don't you oh miss those. Hey, look, let's just quickly look. Uh, uh, all Blacks, Argentina. How big? Oh, who? Too all, easy? All Blacks. All, uh, no, no, look, not easy. Like, look, to the, to the Pumas' credit, like, they just stuck in it, but... 
Wales played arguably their worst game. 18 handling errors. Oh, my God. They played their <laughs> worst game in the quarterfinal. <laughs> but to the Pumas' credit, man, they'll have a lot of confidence. But without any, without Natira, oh, I don't think they're a chance. But, yeah, I think the All Blacks now will be just full of confidence. Um, and obviously... Uh, South Africa and England. What about the worst Northern Hemisphere side out of all of them is in the semi-finals? <laughs> oh, that cracks me up. So, so you'll be yeah, so you'll be happy Sunday afternoon when it's a an All Black South Africa final. Oh, look, and that, that's what we want too, right? Like we want the pinnacle of of rugby and really those two powerhouses that no one spoke about prior to the tournament here they are man they show up and i just think for the abs like i think um we've now seen them turn like i think that we're waiting for that momentum and just that game where because because obviously that south african game right prior to the world cup where they got beaten a couple of 10-minute uh, Simbins obviously completely changed the direction of that game. But we saw in that game there was about 20 minutes of just pure desperation from the ABs. But we saw that for 86 minutes against Ireland. And once you, once that clicks it as a player, once that clicks over in a game and you're able to achieve that, your confidence level of stepping into Monday morning's training is unbelievable. So, yeah, I can't see anyone beating the ABs, man. I really can't. All right. Well, that's, that's that's the perfect way to finish this Friday discussion as part oh, of the no. Jeremy Paul show. Steve, uh, you, you know what, Sam? You know what the perfect way to finish is Afghanistan beating England in the one-day cricket and the Netherlands beating South Africa. Boom! Oh, my God. <laughs> remind me not to get that on your... That is the way re- to finish. Remind me never to get on your wrong side, okay? Just no, remind me of that. Do it, <laughs> hey, don't ever do it, you little pasty white man, you. <laughs> Right, you can go now. Thank you, Jeremy. Have a lovely weekend. <laughs> See you guys. See you, Fano. Have a great weekend. Up the AB, up the Waz. <laughs> exactly. Up the Waz, up the ABs. <laughs> Crazy man. 227. <laughs>